Welcome to I Am The Horse Witch, where we talk about all things witchy and horsey and everything in between. Here's your space to work with magic and manifestation to achieve your goals, make your intentions a reality and live your best witchy life. Let's go. Hello, hello everyone. Did you do your full moon ritual? I did mine. Um, I have to share with you, I actually did it in the morning. I'm a morning person. I love the morning. I get all my best work done in the morning. By 6pm at night, I've had it. I am totally cactus on the couch going, oh my God. So my mind is clear in the morning and Yes, the full moon is not as potent perhaps, um, but you know what? Better to do it than not do it at all. So uh, the other thing about releasing stuff is that it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes you have to release and keep releasing for a long time and then a couple of years later you go, oh, actually I don't think about that anymore. And that's kind of how it works. And that leads in today to today's topic, which is the power or the magic of small steps. By the way, I did a bit of releasing and um, anyway, I was on the treadmill running and for some reason I found myself crying, not howling, but tearing up about an ex-boyfriend that I haven't thought of for years. And then I realised that he was actually on my releasing list, but I'd forgotten about it. But then I was releasing it a couple of days later. So you just don't know when it's going to come out or how it's going to come out. Um, but there you go. So we're going to talk about the power or the magic of small steps and about how doing little incremental changes or little incremental steps can have a huge benefit to your power of manifestation and magic and building and creating the intention that you want. So a lot of people, including myself, you can find it really overwhelming if you've got a major goal and you feel like you have to strive for it because that, that actually creates a lot of cortisol in the body, which goes against what you're trying to do. So we're talking about making little tiny steps that can often feel like absolutely nothing. But when you add them all up and you look at them over a stretch or a period of time, you go, holy fuck, I came so far. But at the time, it, it really does feel like nothing. And it can often feel like two steps forward and 20 backwards. So I am going to give you a little ritual to do that you can do or not do, or you can think about it. Um, but even the power of small steps can go with what I'm doing here. So some of this you might think, I don't have the time. And that's a huge one. I don't have the time. So I'm, I feel incredibly privileged at the moment and I live in complete gratitude that I do have time to do the things that I want to do currently. Uh, it certainly has not always been the way and I really feel like I've paid my dues. Um, so I used to, because I wanted to live in the country and I wanted to have horses, 
I drove three hours a day. So an hour and a half to work and an hour and a half home again. And just to break up the commute, I would stay at my mum's place two nights a week in in the city, so I didn't have to drive every single day. But trust me, as much as I loved her, and I do love her, and I know she's in spirit watching me do this podcast in my wardrobe, it was not an easy stay staying there as she is a hoarder. And I'm not using that as a euphemism. She actually was a proper 100% hoarder, like the type that you see on Current Affair. My brother used to say that staying it there was actually a health hazard because for the unaware, they would trip over things in the hallway. I used to be able to navigate a way through. Um, but it was not an easy stay because, you know, hoarding, it's it's got a, certainly it's got a psychological level as well. So, um, and often I would wake up and because of I would I would stay there. Uh, sometimes I would stay at a friend's place, and then of course I had my home that I would be commuting to. I often would wake up not knowing where I was. Then there would be obviously the work all day and the 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 stresses that went with that, and the fact that it was a lot of emotional giving. Um, so I feel like the time that I now have has. Uh, <laughs> It's been earned. However, during that time, and this is where I say the power of small things, I made the time for exercise. I made the time to ride my horses and I would go through stages where my spiritual work or witchcraft work was uh, was more, <laughs> I was about to say, was more better, was more focused than other times. So with with this kind of work that we're doing now, find five minutes a day. This That is achievable. Five minutes a day you can do. Remember that, you know what, scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and social media, that's actually fine for a bit of a switch off, you know, just switch off the brain, stop thinking, scroll. But when you go, "Mm, I've been here for 15 minutes, I could have used five of those minutes just for myself, just to light a candle, do some visualisation, um, See if you can start with five minutes, okay? And it doesn't have to be visualisation or, if I can say that word, uh, it can be something else. It could be taking your horse for a walk, something like that. So I'm going to give you an example of one of my horses and how we're working in small steps. And it's been an ongoing process. I've had him since December 2018. And trust me, it has been, it's a journey and enjoy the journey, not the destination. Because once you reach that destination, because we're human beings, we don't really celebrate the achievement. It's the journey. And I'm sure that you've heard that before. And I'm not the first person who's said it. But uh, we often achieve our intention or our goal, and then we forget about it and we suddenly want to go on to the next thing. It's when we look back and we go, 
oh, I actually did that. I got there. Um, so that's the time to, you know, that's the time to sit back, have a cup of tea, go and get a massage, do whatever you want to do and go, you know what, I got there. So Galahad, uh, that's what I called him. He, uh, He's a standard bred and he raced for a long time. He had 184 race starts, which is, Jesus, that is a lot of race starts. And when his racing career was over, he went to a trainer who said that uh, he was, I'll use the words that she said, he was a psycho and he should be put down. So... His owner took him back and obviously, uh, I mean, I, I'm now, I wouldn't say I'm friends. I know these people now, but, um, you know, we have communication. Took him back, put him out for a year and then brought him, obviously, like he'd earned him quite a bit of money, brought him back in and uh, gave him to a different trainer to retrain as a riding horse. So this woman had him for a couple of weeks and put an advertisement up saying that he had some issues and they would be explained if you got in contact. Uh, and I looked at him and I just, oh my God, I've, I just said, I just, as soon as I said, I looked at him, I just got all the goosebumps and the shivers and I looked at him and I just knew I went, yeah, like <laughs> he was everything that I was not looking for, but he was everything that I was looking for. So anyone who thinks that, oh, standard breads are quiet, standard breads are great for beginners, um, I'm not really sure where this came from. They're still racehorses and they might be a little bit quiet and th thoroughbreds, I think perhaps maybe they just get over things faster. So if they, if if they they react if they react to something they tend to come back from it a bit quicker I feel okay but that's you know that's not set in stone so Galahad's name was not Galahad I called him that um, his name was Mosquito Buzzin and his stable name was Mozzie and I don't think that he really ever liked that but he loves his name Galahad. Galahad the Brave, Galahad the Noble and the Brave of the Knights of the Round Table. Anyway, our journey has been long and uh, it has been, it has had many moments. He's a reactive boy. He's an anxious boy. Um, when I got him, he constantly put his tongue over the bit. It didn't matter what kind of bit, like the bit with the tablet I mean, he just put his tongue over it. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, and I just could, I saw an instructor once pull his, the side of his bridle up and I went, oh, it started to make me feel sick. So anyway, well, I took out the bit. Okay. So we went bitless for probably about three years and all we did was trail ride. And we just rode, we rode around the fire breaks and... He's definitely a summer horse. However, we've gained confidence, we've gained trust in each other, and that's not to say that it's perfect. But 
we now have our regular flat work lessons. I take him to adult riders. He improves every single time. He's not even a young horse. In a couple of days, he'll be 17 years old. But he's a good horse. He's sound. He's smart. And he's my horse. And I'm so proud of him. And I'm proud of every single step we do in the right direction. Oh, the right direction, in the direction that going we're going in. And I do have a little, um, you know, I do have a little intentional goal. I would love one day to do a dressage test with him because when he does his beautiful standard bread trot, he doesn't pace. He has the most stunning movement. And a couple of years ago, we did do a, <laughs> a dressage test. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. But hey, we gave it a crack. Uh Anyway, so it is a work in progress, but we have gone from trail riding bitless to we. he now can easily take a bit and he doesn't put his tongue over it and we can do a flat work lesson and it's not horrendous. We go in the right direction most of the time. Um, his flexibility is getting better and this is the power of small steps. If I could take a video of what we look like now and a video of when I first got him where going in a circle was somewhat of, of a challenge. It is almost incomparable. But that is that is my journey with him and there has been massive hiccups along the way and there has been a fall and there has been ups and downs and... But... It has been my journey and I have made mojo bags to calm his anxiety and I ride with a blue calcite stone and the mojo bag to, uh, for, you know, for confidence, for calmness, for, um, for my own anxiety as well, because as I say, he's not an easy boy. Uh, but it's a work in progress and it's the magic of small steps. And um, every time we have a lesson, the instructor is uh, very complimentary and says, well, I can't believe how far you guys have come. So don't give up. All right, this is a little exercise for um, for the, the week ahead. So because we're working in small steps, the tea light will symbolise something small because because it's a really small candle. And then you'll need a picture of a ladder. So just Google ladder and, um, and then just print it out. And in the steps of the ladder, you're going to put for the next seven days, you're going to put something that you can do to achieve your goal. So the first thing to do is to light your candle, relax, think about what you'd like to achieve, think about what your goal is and allow spirit, intuition, the universe, whatever you like to call it, whatever you feel comfortable with, to speak to you and allow it for the suggestions to come in for how you can achieve this goal. So it might be something like, let's say that 
your goal is to become a yoga teacher. It might be that in those five minutes that you visualise, it might be that the first step is, so let's say that you're doing uh, three practices of yoga a week. Let's say that one step will be to try a form of yoga that is not what you normally do. Now, maybe that's not what you want to teach, but by allowing that flexibility, it might add to your practice, okay? Because not everyone's going to be the same and broadening your, broad, uh, increasing your range might help with uh, either inform what you already know or just broaden your knowledge. So that might be one thing. Another thing that might come to you is you might have one more plant-based diet or one more plant-based meal per day. It might be that in order to achieve your yoga goals, you might do a Pilates class as well because that might help your strength in a different way. It might be that you might seek out who is going to offer you the best yoga instructing course. And it might be that you might not be able to afford it now, but it's a goal. It's something to aim towards. So in that ladder, you're going to fill seven small steps that you can do over the next seven days. Remember that they're going to be really small daily things. Let's say that, uh, if I can relate it to horse riding, that we've just had winter here. And I'm a bit of a fair weather rider. I ain't a rain riding girl. Um, I ride during summer. I, If it's 40 degrees, 38, I will get up at 4am and ride at 5am. Um, you beat the flies and you beat the heat. Love it. Okay. And then by the end of the ride, I've actually woken up. But the rain I can't cope with and the wind I can't cope with. So let's say that you've uh, ridden sporadically over winter and you want to start riding again. The horse is unfit, you're unfit. Let's look at that ladder and see what we could possibly put in. So the first might be a hand walk, just a hand walk, 200 metres, I always find that if I do something really small, if I say I'm going to exercise for 20 minutes or I'm going to hand walk for 200 metres, I end up exercising for 40 minutes and I walk, might walk for half a kilometre or walk the horse for half a kilometre. So it might be something like that. The next day might be um, a, a, a lunge, a free lunge, and just even a walking on the lunge or just a trot. The next day might be a hand walk up and down a hill. The fourth day might be get on, walk around the arena, do some um, do some circles. Now, if you're thinking, I don't have time, remember the old get up half an hour earlier. Roll out of bed, put on the jeans, put on the jodhpurs, do whatever you need to do. Roll out there before you're even awake. Or if you're really not a morning person, do it in the afternoon, okay? Come home from work before you even get inside. Get out there, do it. 15 minutes, that's all you need. 15 minutes, start small. 
Um, yeah, so you've got your ladder. Uh, it might be, you know, you're, you're going to work your horse again. Maybe one day is that you're just going to work on your own fitness. Go for go for a 20-minute walk. Go for a 20-minute walk in your lunchtime at work. So you're going to fill up those seven days. One day might be five minutes of visualisation, okay? It might not be actually going out, doing anything to do with yoga, your goal, um, but it's still working on yourself, which will then inform your small steps. So it might be five minutes of, um, yeah, visualising your goal. Uh, This actually leads to something where I think the crossover is really um, something that I'd like to have just a really small chat about. So, look, I believe that the self-help new age working on yourself and witchcraft and the ugly boogly have a fabulous crossover. So, um, that is this is my personal belief uh, and there's many, many streams of thought and I fully embrace everyone. And I believe that there's so much content out there that if something that I believe in doesn't resonate with you, then I I fully respect that and maybe there's content out there that will help you in your own beliefs. But I believe for us to work our best magic that we have to be healthier ourselves and that is working on your limiting beliefs. It's working on your old stories. And it's about having the best, healthiest version of yourself in order to manifest and create magic. So for example, let's say that um, you're going to do a money spell or a money ritual. But your deep belief is that you're not worthy or that you're not good at maths. Okay, you could do money spells for days, weeks, years, and it might not manifest the way that you want it to. So maybe there's some deeper beliefs that you have to work on. Um, and when I say good at maths, I mean maybe there's a limiting belief around, you know, maybe you find your taxes confusing or how you can make money work for you because. Pardon me, you might think that like that's not what you're good at. So maybe there's some deep beliefs that you need to work on and then you can go out, you can get your green spell, you can get your gold glitter, you can get your bay leaf and your basil and your um your mint, all your fabulous things to create your money spell. Can you tell that I, like, really get excited about, <laughs> not money so much, but I can, I really get inv- in excited about the spell work? The other stuff is your shadow work. It's working on your shit. It's working on all the crap that we have filmed and believed about ourselves and we have to get rid of before we can create the cool stuff. Um... Now, what I thought I'd do this week is rather than um, pull a card because, you know, we don't want to be too predictable, okay? We don't want to always say, well, I know what she's going to do next because (laughs) um, 
what I thought was I in right in my in my dominant hand right now I have a beautiful strawberry quartz crystal and it is gorgeous. It's an obelisk or a tower. It's probably just the size of my palm and it is stunning. And the reason why I chose it to bring into my wardrobe with me is because it relates to our our ladder exercise or it relates to our magic of small steps. Strawberry quartz is a beautiful, beautiful crystal and it has a deep raspberry colour with um with sort of gold flecks through it. And that's hematite, which also gives it a grounding quality. Strawberry quartz, if um, it's probably most people, because of its colour, most people recognise it with love, with finding a love partner. Um, however, that's not where my intention is personally going. So it has many, many other benefits or uses as well. And it really does relate to our goals. And I've chosen a few things to just tell you about so that you can have a think about that. In case you come across it, you only need a tiny, tiny piece. You don't have to go the uh, the little tower that I've got. Um, but it's a beautiful stone that will help you uh, renew yourself. It balances the psyche, the emotions and the physical body. And it's great for starting a new, it's great for goal setting in a gentle way. Uh, so not that manic manifesting, um, but it's great for motivation. So it helps us stay on our path and and not lose our energy and our mojo. It's great for uh, highlighting self-care because, because unless you're looking after yourself, you cannot give to others. You cannot give to your horses. You can't give to your partner, your family, your, um, your co-workers, unless you are the best version of yourself. And that's what Strawberry Quartz does. It helps us connect to our joy and live um, our fullest extent with our ability to create joy in our lives. Uh, it promotes a beautiful positivity in ourselves and it helps prepare our body to be better equipped to overcome challenges and difficulties. So always, no matter what you'll do, you're going to have a days where you don't feel like it, days where you feel like shit, days where you can't be fucked. Um, and like you just go, oh, I'm going to do it today. But you know what? Some days that ain't, that's going to happen. And what you've got to do is you go, magic of small steps. I'm just going to do this much. And trust me, you will feel better afterwards. So strawberry quartz is going to help us do that. Uh, it's also just a little physical reminder that, yes, I'm on my path. So always cleanse your stone and charge it. Okay. So how I hold it in, well, you can either hold it in your dominant hand because it has more energy, or you can hold it in your other hand because that has less given, taken, you know, things to the outside world. Um, you're not using it as much. So it's, it's got less energy in it 
to uh, less, less toxicity. You know, for example, I'm always touching stuff that, you know, is probably not the best for me, if that makes sense. All right, so you're always going to tell your strawberry quartz what you want it to do. I want you to help me uh, have the energy to achieve these small goals to add up to my great big dream, okay? It will understand. It has a vibration, okay? All right, so I got some lovely feedback this week, which was really, really nice. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm i not going to say I'm a bit of a technophobe because I've just told you that you're not allowed to say that about yourself. So um, I had a lovely one saying on Apple Podcasts that I was a hoot, which I really enjoyed reading because... Um, even though, like, you know, I'm talking about spirituality and witchcraft, I don't want to take myself too seriously because, um, you know, I'm a funny woman. Um, anyway, there was that. There was a really nice one from, she says, it's just CD. And this was lovely. It says, this was amazing. I got the recommendation for your podcast from a client of mine. I'm so glad I joined in to listen. I look forward to your weekly streamings. Exclamation mark. So CD, whoever you are, a big thank you from the bottom of my heart. That was gorgeous to read. I got a lovely message from a lady in Musselbrook in New South Wales. Um, I'll quickly read this. Hi, Tamara. Hope you don't mind me DM you. I'm actually in the centre of horse country. I live in Musselbrook. I'd spent the majority of my adolescent years on our family farm at Koola, the town of the original Black Stump. We had a family of people by the name of Cook at Koola. My science teacher is a cook. We lived in behind a 50,000-acre property called Currajong Park. We were all horse-crazy people back then. Most of us actually rode our horses to school. Listening to your horse stories has brought back a lot of fantastic memories and experience. When you become in sync with your beloved horse, the two of you become one. It's like you're in each other's heads. How true. That's so true. You know, that's very, very true. Uh, for what it's worth... Oh, okay. All right. Nearly half an hour. I will tell you the... F oh, God, I think it's funny. It's probably not even that funny because life is just so crazy. Back in one of my many previous incantations, I worked for Australian Theatre for Young People, an acting teacher. Uh, and anyway, we used to... <laughs> Oh, actually, it was more than night an open program that I used to go away and I'd teach at Wagga and Armadale, um, their places in re uh, regional New South Wales. However, I went to Musselbrook with um, a girl, Rachel, and uh, another guy that I I won't mention his name. Um, it's not. It's just that I don't think I don't, I don't feel as comfortable as mentioning Rachel. Anyway, we had an acting camp there and the kids ranged from 11 to 18 and they came from all around the area of Musselbrook, which is in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales. And I think it's the Hunter Valley. Anyway, it seemed to take ages to get there from Sydney. It was a long time ago. So anyway, we arrived at this um, this place. I, it was like a converted old mansion. And we went upstairs to see the bedrooms and 
the male acting teacher who, look, let's call her spade a spade. Rachel and I were really just there for the wine and cheese at the end of the day at the five o'clock, sit out on the balcony, look out over the country. Um, and I was just so happy that I was in the country again because, you know, country girl, I was just going, oh, give me space, give me some paddocks. Anyway, we go upstairs to look at the room and the best room had the four-poster bed and the 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 guy, we all went into that room. It was beautiful. It was like, you know, gorgeous view, four-poster bed. And he goes, this is my bed. This is my room. Anyway, I felt myself, my body was actually backing out of the room because I was thinking, this room is so fucking haunted. This room is fucked. Anyway, so I backed out really quite gleefully and it was the private room. So Rachel and I ended up sharing a room, which was, as I say, so much fun because we had access to the balcony. (laughs) We had our wine, we had our cheese, we had our olives and happy as Larry at the end of the day. Anyway, the first, after the first night came down and uh, let's call him Jay. Jay looked pretty tired and so didn't say anything like, you know, second day comes down, the bags under his eyes are looking deeper and then the third, third night he comes and he goes, girls, you got to help me, you got to help me, I can't sleep, I'm having nightmares every time I close my eyes I'm having nightmares and Rachel and I just looking at each other going, Man, you wanted that fucking room. Anyway, so Rachel and I go in and we do ritual. We got the salt out. And seriously, I'm in this room going, this room is so haunted. It has the worst energy. So we got the salt. We put it around the bed. In our minds, we're thinking, well, mate, you wanted the private room. You wanted the four-poster bed. You wanted the best room. So put the salt around, did the whole, I don't think we had any incense, sort of did some form of like, you know, whatever's in here, please go to the light, let Jay be able to sleep. He's only in here for another two nights. Um, So anyway, look, I think his life improved, but it was just that feeling of as soon as I went into that room, that air was so thick. It was thick and the air actually almost looked dark. So when I got the message from the lady in Musselbrook, um, I haven't thought about Musselbrook. That would have been early 2000s. I haven't thought about Musselbrook since then, but that story came back to me and I was just laughing, going, oh, my God, I remember that. And Rachel and I just laughing and going, you got to help me. you got to help me. I can't sleep. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Have a lovely week. Try the ladder exercise. It's a goodie. Um, And I hope you have a beautiful week. Have fun with your equine friends. If you're not an equine person, I hope this helps you in some way. And we will chat next week. Bye.